0: Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job, by any means possible. And today I'm bringing on an expert who has actually multiple streams of income and has been a comedian, as well as an accountant, as well as other businesses. We're gonna learn how he has done so well with lots of other businesses with multiple streams of income. All right, let's start the show. I'm so glad you guys are here with me on the Successful Unemployed Show. And I got to tell you something that happened to me recently, like literally last night. I had a dream that I was back at college. Can you believe that? I mean, I'm 42 years old now. And back at college, my goodness, that was, I don't know, 20 plus years ago. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, as I'm going through, you know, taking tests and not being able to remember everything, not even finding pencils and all that sort of stuff, you know, the silly things that happen when you dream, I was like, oh my goodness, I hate college. College is absolutely horrible. Now what's interesting, I was talking to a friend of mine recently who was telling me, as he works in a California um, university, basically works at a um, community college there, and he was telling me that the enrollments for males has dramatically decreased, in fact, it's like, males now and 60% females that are attending college. Now I started thinking, now he's thinking kind of obviously in the negative way because he works at the college. They want to get more numbers up and all that sort of stuff. But I thought, wow, maybe that's a good sign. Maybe more people are not going to college because if you listen to the show, you know that I definitely hate college. I even blew up my college degree, like literally that degree that they I actually had my parents, they embossed it in wood and it's a degree. It says, Hey, Dustin Heiner graduated from Fresno State College, blah, blah, blah. And I literally took it out in the desert with my kids, took pistols and rifles and shot it, and then took 16 pounds of tannerite with gasoline and blew it to smithereens. You can watch that video. I'll put it in the de- a link to it in the description. So check out that video. It's actually really fun and it's a huge. Fireball. Good thing it was in the winter. Everything was pretty much you know cold and, and wet and every, and damp and everything, so no problem with that fireball. But it was absolutely amazing. Now, if I bring all this up because the reason why I have Successful Unemployed Show is to give you all the options. I want to give you all the ideas out there that can one could potentially connect with you. Now, I have one of the shows where I interviewed my friend. She actually writes and puts together children's book. Well, somebody in the audience listened to the podcast and said, you know what? I actually want to create children's books. I didn't know I did, but now listening listen to the show. I actually want to do it. And they started working together. Now she's writing her own books and everything. That's what it's all about. Because most of us, we really only think of a couple different ways to actually make a living. One, we're told one that we're parents are doing, and maybe one or two that we've heard of. But there are so many ways to do it. Now, I invest in real estate rental properties. I love rental properties. I literally don't work. I just get to have fun on podcasts to hang out with people like you. And I get to have fun doing that because I don't work. I literally have the properties that do work for me. I create passive income. And you can do that too. Get my real estate investing course literally for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N, T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my entire playbook, basically, the entire course for free, showing you how to actually do this. And on top of that, I want to get you even more of a head start investing in real estate. I have my Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference that I'm putting on in March. It's literally just two months away. So get your ticket and get $50 off your ticket. It's like 20% off the ticket if you use my promo code DUSTIN. Use the promo code Dustin, go to rubcon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com, rubcon.com, and use that promo code Dustin, and I'll be literally there hanging out. It's not one of those conferences, most conferences, when you talk about real estate, they say after the session where they teach something, they say, now run to the back and give me $20,000 on your eight credit cards. We don't do that. This is a no sales pitch conference. This is where we're literally building a community, helping each other out not just in rental properties, but land investing, apartment complexes, passive income, Airbnbs, all the different ways of investing in real estate. So you need to be there. It'll be here in Phoenix in March. It'll be absolutely beautiful. So you need to be here. Hang out with me. If you see me walking down the halls, grab me and say, hey, Dustin, I listen to the podcast. I'll say, man, that's awesome. Let's hang out together. Let's go you know, grab some coffee or something. So I want to see you there. Now, let's get started in today's show where I'm bringing on this expert who's actually done so many things, has lots of streams of income, but at the same time has a way that he's gonna show us how we can do the exact same thing that he has done. Okay, let's do this. I have Bob Wheeler on the show. Bob, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed Show.
1: So great to be here, looking forward to
0: it. Now, Bob, how do you make money to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead-end J-O-B?
1: So I do have my own accounting firm, that I started 20 years ago. And I'm also the CFO of the World Famous Comedy Store, uh, which is sort of part-time. And then I also, I've got the Money Nerve Company, which is the book, the, the podcast, workshops, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Man,
0: that's great. And so you have lots of different ways. And it's So I invest in real estate and it seems like you have some, also real estate as well, because we talked offline. And at the same time, you have, having an accounting firm, like 20 years of doing that, most likely that's like your river of income. I like to have the idea of their streams of income are fantastic, but I love like real estate. That's my river of income. And then I have plenty of other streams that come in. And so I make sure that that river's flowing. Is that kind of like what you're talking about too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, I went into accounting partially because it gave me the opportunity to see what businesses thrive and how they run. So I got to see the... skeleton of so many different businesses and look and say, oh, that's not going to work. Oh, that one works pretty easy. So that initially it wasn't to be a CPA firm. It was to figure out which other business I wanted to go into because I didn't want to work for other people. That's great. And I found that because let's, let's say you quit your job and you
0: have extra time because you have extra money coming in and you don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else building somebody else's business. You have so much more time to build many more businesses or do so many other things that help you to create these streams of income. Okay, so Bob, what were you doing before, you know, before you started your own accounting firm and before you started doing this? And was it a big transition to
1: then jump into where you're on your own? So I was working for another accounting firm And I was working, working, originally I was going to go into law. That was my initial plans. And then I met lots of lawyers and didn't want to do that. (laughs) And uh, so I was working for an accounting firm and literally I was driving over the hill to the valley because I lived on the West, live on the West side. And I was crying. I was going to, I was so miserable. I'm crying going, this is not fun. And I just one day I said, I know I don't have a plan, but I do know I'm not driving this drive anymore. And I walked in and I quit and just said, I'm done. And I did not have a backup plan. I did not have two years of money in the bank. Uh, And it took me a couple of years to work through that semi-impulsive decision. Uh, No regrets, uh, even though in the middle of it, I thought, what did you just do? But I, I just, I was <laughs> so unhappy.
0: Yeah. I I completely understand how you're talking. I mean, most of us, we're working a job that we are almost just, we're not necessarily forced because they they're not twisting our arm and, you know, put us as slave labor. But it's like, we don't have any other options or we don't think there are any other options out there. And this, let's just keep pushing through. This is, Secure in a sense. Well, nothing's secure, especially a job. Absolutely. That's so not secure. I got laid off. And so I know that it could be, it happens anytime. So jumping into now where you have one business and now starting to create other businesses, walk me through the idea of not necessarily being a, an accountant, but starting something where you're saying, you know, what, I'm leaving this and then jumping into something that could could potentially fail, but then
1: having the guts to push through it. Well, I think the first thing to get really clear on is know the goal. Like what's the mission? Is the mission to just have a lot of clients? Is the mission to hit a certain financial threshold? Is the you know, the mission to have passive income, sell product? So for me, it was really clear that I really liked doing the accounting. I was good at it. And for me, I chose to go into tax prep because I got paid quickly. I didn't have to do these audits where it would take months to get paid. I could people could see the value immediately and pay me. So I liked that. And I was just looking to continue doing what I love, but also having the freedom to do my creative stuff. I was doing stand-up comedy. I was working on creative projects. And a lot of times, accounting firms would be like, well, we'd really like you not to spend time trying to do that fun stuff. We'd like you to get back to the balance sheet. Even though I love all that stuff and can get really nerdy about all the financial stuff, I also needed that other piece to actually feel like I was having a life. I didn't just want it to be numbers.
0: I love hiring guys like you that love accounting. I just, I, my brain is horrible when it comes to math. Now I could do math, addition, subtraction, multiplication. That's all I need for real estate, but anything else like debits and credits, I'm like, oh my goodness, I love my accountant. I pay them and they do all the work. And what would take me literally a year they do in a couple hours, like literally, like because I, I get the bill. You know how many labor hours? I don't know, four or five hours to do it. Obviously, they have last year's you know tax returns to you know change and and update and stuff. So it's not everything from scratch. But in the end, what takes them literally? four hours ish, it take me all year and I my brain would explode. So I love hiring people that are accountants that are smart, they can do this. Now, if we're going to be starting our own, let's say it's not just necessarily an accounting, but you're going to get service based, you're a service based business and you have customers. How do you then like if you're jumping out of working, you're already been accountant for somebody else. And I mean, is it ethical to like steal clients from them or do you just put your shingle out and say, Hey, I'm now an accountant,
1: come work with me. How do you now start getting your first client? So when I left, I had a couple of clients that said, we want to go with you and we want to help you. And so that was helpful knowing that I had a little bit of steady income and I actually worked from referral only. And, you know, in the beginning, yes, you take clients you don't want to take, And I didn't have as much choice because I really wanted to make sure there was uh, food on the table. Over time, though, I've been able to be very selective and say, I'd love to work with you. Not so interested, but you seem really nice. Good luck. And, And so what happened for me, though, I was willing to entertain other possibilities. So, for example, a lot of accountants don't talk to financial advisors or they're like, oh, they're just salesmen selling product. I had a client that said, hey, will you talk to my financial advisor, I did he ended up being the top uh, financial advisor, new advisor for uh, one of the brokerage companies. He referred me two or 300 clients. Two or 300? Well, two to 300. 100. So all of a sudden my, my, <laughs> I went from 100 to 300 to 500 in about three years. Oh my. And it was pretty crazy. But being willing to like have that conversation and say, yeah, I'll go meet with this person. I'm open. I think the other thing, it's important for people to know their value you know, you talk about like your accountant loves doing numbers and it's so easy. I felt guilty. I believed I had a mindset that you have to work really hard uh, to make money. And so I didn't, I thought, well, it's too easy. Like I can do this stuff. It's so easy. I can't charge for that. Uh, I don't have that problem anymore. But initially I I felt guilty that things came easy. Now, Bob, that's, that's a fantastic
0: point. So number one, I love paying my accountant. I I don't like paying anybody. But I love paying them because they make my life so much easier. I don't care if it takes them two hours or one hour. I don't care if it takes them 20 minutes. It's going to save my life so much time and effort and all that sort of stuff. I, I'm totally fine with paying that. In fact, that's something I want to do. I get take my money. But I love the idea that you just brought up that because I teach people how to invest in real estate. Like I, I basically my river of income is real estate. Everything, every money that I, a bit of money that I make from all my other streams of income go right to real estate. I just buy and hold real estate fantastic. If you're seeing this on YouTube, you can see my kids in the background. I'm literally able to give all my real estate to my kids. And so all of it goes to there. But at the same time, I start to think, because I'm coaching people how to invest in real estate. So talk to me about getting over that hurdle, because I love talking about it. I love helping people. And I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't charge for this. But at the same time, your time is valuable. Like my wife said, Hey, if you're going to be, you know, giving your time to other people, you better be making money or just stay with us. You know, like I get that. So talk to us about getting over that hurdle. What got
1: you over that hurdle? And then now what's keeping you going in that direction? Well, I remembered a lesson from one of the people that I did work for in the past where I went and asked for a raise and I told him all the reasons that I needed the raise. And he said, I'm not going to give you a raise based on the fact that you need it for this and you need it for that. I am however going to give you the raise because I think you bring a lot of value to the company and I really appreciate how you work with the other staff. And that was a big lesson for me to actually value myself on my value and not base value or my rates based on my needs. And and so what I did was I start I got you know initially I would say my rate is two hundred bucks and I would cringe internally but I would smile and people would be okay and and eventually I worked it up to, you know to you know it's four hundred and fifty bucks an hour and I don't cringe like in the beginning I kept going are they going to argue are they going to argue and people would say we you need to charge us more Bob you need to charge us more so getting comfortable with that I I had a guy come do some uh, tree work. In my yard, and I knew that it was gonna. It should have cost about twelve hundred bucks, and I said, "Okay, what do I owe you?" He's like, "Oh, it's four hundred bucks." I love trees. I said, "No, it is not four hundred bucks. You are gonna. I'm gonna pay you at least seven fifty or eight hundred bucks because I know what it what it costs." And so, with a lot of my clients that feel uncomfortable billing, I tell them, "Whatever you think you should charge, mark it up by twenty five percent, and and then you're somewhere in the middle." And even if you're selling products, don't sell it for five bucks because you think you're going to get more. Sell it for 10 bucks. You can always discount it or have a sale. But don't, it's always easier to drop the price than it is
0: to increase it. I love that idea. And I I want also everybody listening to this because. A lot of people that listen to the show definitely already have, like we're still currently working a dead-end J-O-B, but at the same time, we realize we want to start making more money at our J-O-B, but at the same time, start saving, investing, because when you make more money, you can build a business, you can invest and make that money. But what you said, Bob, was very wise. Now, I've read the book many, many times, like literally at least a dozen times. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Fantastic. Everybody, you must read this. And one thing that he talks about in there is basically the person that you're like let's say and you brought this up. This is a great idea. And you're and it's so awesome that your boss helped you to understand this. Your value to the company is more much more so than what the boss thinks like, okay, you need this. Well, your needs don't affect me at all. Like I only care about me and my business. I want my business to succeed. And so if you need a raise, If you want to make more money in your dead end J-O-B, it's a great thing to do. Don't say, I need this or I want this. Even if you want to move a desk, I've done this to my old boss. I wanted to move my desk, but I went in asking, well, it would be better for me if I moved here. It'd be better for me if this, all that sort of stuff. My boss is like, I don't care about any of that stuff. But when I change it around, when I'm asking for a raise or moving my desk, this is beneficial for you if this actually happens X, Y, and Z. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, go right ahead and do it. So I want everybody to make sure, that was a huge gold nugget. Everybody needs a takeaway. And this is everything in life. Now I do, Bob, I gotta jump into, I love that you went and networked with somebody that potentially, not necessarily competition, but somebody that's like totally like, ah, most people, you know CPAs would not even mess with financial advisors. And in doing that, in realizing, hey, we can work together, we can network, we can help each other out, That blew up your business, which is amazing. Talk to me about or explain to me your thought about continuing to network, continuing to not view this as a competition. I mean, even just networking with other CPAs and seeing how you can help
1: each other out. Talk to me about that. For me, and I've talked to many people, I've talked to former director of Goldman Sachs, uh, I've talked to so many different people about business being relational versus transactional. And it pays off every time. When I nurture the relationship, it comes back tenfold. I would rather lose 500 bucks or a thousand bucks uh, than have a client question my integrity or feel like they got a bad deal. Because I tell you what, when I tell a client, you know what, that was my goof. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for that. Um, And it hadn't happened a lot, but you know, I'm going to pay that thousand dollars. Well, let me tell you what, I've made it back tenfold. Um, And they refer me to everybody because I'll say, you know what, Bob honors his word. And that is huge. So for me, I'm about nurturing relationships with my clients. I have a thousand relationships. I don't have a thousand tax returns. I completely
0: agree with you. Now I've grown up being you know, competitive, playing sports and stuff. And so I always saw things as a competition and investing in real estate. I saw it as a competition where if I'm investing in one specific city, you know, anywhere in the country, And I point out that I'm investing in it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm creating competition against myself. They're bidding on the same properties. And that's a limited mindset. What's sad is that a lot of us have that, you know, sad, limited mindset. But when we realize it's so much better when we work together, when we help each other out. Now, I I will say that there are people out there who are just takers. I personally, like when I come across a taker, somebody who has a personality that's a taker, I get repulsed. I'm like, Oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to be over here. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. But there are lots of people who realize that as long as we're helping each other out, it, like it's going to raise all the like the rising tide, raise all boats. Let's help each other out. So I love that you're talking about networking. Okay, so now let's talk about your business exploded because you have a referral. Not everybody can get something that's that terrific, you know, two or three hundred more clients in a couple of years. Now, if we wanted to scale our business and we're starting small, we get a few clients and we want to start scaling it beyond to where we can actually quit our job, any ideas or any thoughts that you have that would help us to think, let's implement this into our business to now start scaling to get even more customers, making more money from each one of those customers or anything like that?
1: So one of the things I've done with a couple of my clients, they know they want to go work for themselves. They're not quite ready to make the leap. And what we've done is they're working a job j-o-b and we start just slowly building the other side practice and then okay great now we're gonna they talk to their company and say i'm gonna start working 30 hours a week i'm gonna start working part-time and even though it might take two to four years they've got that safety net as they build their practice, uh, I work with a lot of therapists. And so, uh, that was a thing being able to leave the the government cushy job or, or, or those things and then start to nurture and and take that leap. It's always a little scary. And I'm always amazed at how many people just feel more comfortable just getting that paycheck, even though they hate it. Yeah. It's a little scary when you're generating your own come your own income initially. But if you, if you, you take that leap, so uh, it's always good to have a plan, whether it's, uh, I'll do it part-time or start to volunteer for uh, people in the same kind of business, you know, if they're, or, or hang out with them, take them to dinner. A lot of people will love to share their wins and their losses with people that are curious. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? So start to find people in that area that you want to be in, do your research. The other thing I would say is, know who to listen to. You know, your friends and your parents and your dog <laughs> are probably not the most not good expert people. No, don't do it, don't do it. Don't listen to the naysayers. Find the people that have been there that have done it and surround yourself with people that believe it's doable. Because I think for me a lot of times I things would happen because I didn't know that I couldn't do them. Absolutely, because what
0: I found Whenever I like when I started investing in real estate, I had so many people telling me, oh, don't do it because you're going to get these calls at two in the morning. And for some reason, everybody always thinks two, like literally two o'clock is the the time they always think of. But two in the morning calls you're going to get they're going to tear this property up. They're going to give all the basically tell you all these problems that they see in their minds. But what they're giving you is their own limitations and imposing them on you. They're trying to help you out. But basically, they want to be consoled that, yes, it's not the right way to go. If you don't listen to the naysayers, but you get around the people, like you said, but you get around the people that have already done it. Listening to the right people, it helps catapult you so much better because you're around people that have done it, that are going to encourage you, but then also give you wisdom. Okay, so Bob, what else in building our our business? How do we get out of just us working an hour? Because you know, when you start your own consulting business or your you know accountant, you're trading one boss for many bosses. Because if you're you know if your customers leave you then you don't have money. How do we now scale our business to where we're not working an hour and getting paid for that hour, but maybe hiring employees? Talk to us about this the idea of creating systems and processes and
1: hiring people. So I think this is the hardest piece for a lot of people is willing to delegate and trust other people. You're not gonna be on a big scale if you can't stop micromanaging, if you can't hand over the reins to other people. And, and it's hard sometimes nobody will do it like me. And, you know, that was one of the hardest things when I first started expanding the business, I've got 12 staff. And when I started out, it was one. And then we went to one and a half and then we went to to three and, you know, initially, oh my gosh, the client's not going to get to talk to me. We might drop the ball here and there. Okay. So we've dropped the ball here and there, not perfect. But I've worked through those. Okay, that's not working. How do we fix it? Instead of, no, I'm afraid of ever making a mistake. So I'm not going to move forward or expand. For a lot of people, it's really hard to push back, push past that. And I I think that is key is learning to be able to delegate, trust your staff and be able to feel comfortable saying, listen, I need everybody to get this done by, by six o'clock. Um, I have to run, I've got a golf game, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) and not feel guilty that I need to stay there past everybody else. And I need to be there two hours before everybody else. Not that it's not on my radar because I definitely, I'm, I'm paying attention I don't feel guilty when I go reward myself because I know that I've been putting in the work. I, on top of that, you're providing great jobs for people who
0: want jobs. Not everybody's cut out to be successful and employed. I mean, I'd say maybe 75% of the population should be working a job. and It's great and they enjoy it. But there's uh, maybe 25% of the population like us and people listening to the show that it definitely fits really, really well in. We just need to figure out the avenue or whatever it takes to get us to that point. Something you said, I definitely want to make sure everybody realizes this, that Every single person in any business is replaceable, and if you're your own like sole proprietor and you're you know you're at your own business and you're thinking, man, nobody can do it as well as I can, you are also replaceable. There is guaranteed somebody can do it as good or better than you. You just need to find that right person and then empower them to do it. And when they mess up, you correct them. Now, if they keep doing the same thing over and over again, then you know messing up, then we look at that and say, hey, might be uh, the wrong fit. But What you need to realize is that everybody is replaceable, even like me on this podcast. I interview great people like you, Bob, and a lot of other people, but I can be replaced to do this interview. Everybody can be replaced. And as you realize that, you can bless other people with jobs, but at the same time, free yourself up to do other things to build, grow your business as opposed to working in your business. You're gonna work on the business to get better and better. Now, okay, Bob, let's jump into the rapid fire round. And in the rapid fire round, the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. Now, first question is, you've given us so much great insights on building a business, and a service business like an accounting business or something like that. Is there anything we might have missed? Any question I should have asked that would help the listeners to then do
1: it on their own? I think the other piece that I didn't mention is know your strengths and and and, and be honest with yourself about what's not your strength. Like for me and my business, my partner is, is great at some of the very technical, technical stuff. And I'm great at closing the deals and meeting with the clients. And so I don't get the five hours of quiet time to work on overseas tax returns like I used to. So I don't focus on that. I focus on the relationships and I let her take care of those other parts where she's going to knock it out of the park. And so there's no ego in saying she does this stuff better. She manages the employees better than I do. I'm sometimes too nice. And then I'm angry. Uh, she's like, this is the way it is. So finding those pieces where you excel and letting other people do what they excel at. Great
0: advice. What about one bit of advice could be business or life that you would go back
1: in time to give your younger self? I would say take more risks, be more bold. It's really the fear that keeps us back and not the reality even when I quit my job and for two years, I didn't have it completely together. I pulled it together and then I excelled. I wished I had done that five or six years sooner. Like life is too short. Oh and, yes. You know, I want to feed happiness and passion and, and I don't want to, if I'm not having a good time, there's no point.
0: I love that. That's a good point is if you're not having a good time, there's no point to it. I also have in my mind, uh, realized that life is short and I don't work with people that I probably just don't get along with. It's probably me. Like I rub them wrong. And so they just don't like it, but I don't work with people that are, eh, it's just hard to get along with. I only work with people that I get along with. It's just because yeah. I can in a sense where I'm not working a dead end job where I'm forced to be around people that, Oh man, this bad employee, this bad boss, all that sort of stuff. But we have the blessing because we took the risk. Like you said, yeah. which most people won't, like I said, 75% of the population probably won't do the things we talk about But if you do that, you have the opportunity to do the things we talked about. Okay. So what is one book, nonfiction book, business or life or anything like that, that we should look into reading that you really
1: appreciate? One of my favorite books is The Power of Focus, Jack Canfield uh, and a couple other guys. But that is an amazing book that really helps you get your life structured and, and focused so you can actually have all the things that you want. Love it. Love it. Now, last question, what is one app or
0: tool? Basically, it could be a a piece of paper and a pencil. Like, what do you use in your life on an everyday basis that
1: we should look into using? I actually have an Excel spreadsheet with multiple tabs. And in it, I have my investments. I have my goals. I have things that I want to accomplish this week, what I want to accomplish this month, what I need to accomplish this year. And I just have all the different, my creative projects and I have it all down. And so when I'm done, I mark it off, but I have multiple tabs so I can track what my investments are doing. And I've got a budget and one of them that I don't always like to look at anymore because sometimes I'm like, I'm above that now. You're never a budget. You're never above doing a budget. Got to look at that stuff. It keeps you humble. And, And so I love having that Excel spreadsheet. It's not too complicated. I don't have to get software updates all the time. And it's saved on my computer so I don't have to look for pads of paper.
0: That's great. I love that. And definitely accountants love Excel. Like I like Excel, Excel just fine. I know it can do fantastic things, but man. That's rough for me, but man, Bob, you get us so much great insights. You have your own podcast, which is going to be fantastic for, for me. Like you're inviting me on the show, which is going to be great to be able to be able to get on there and share, but how would somebody find you online? Maybe even reach out to you, but
1: definitely listen to everything that you're doing. Our website is themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. I'm a nerd, but it is the money nerve, uh, cause money strikes a nerve that has the resources for my podcast, for my book, for my accounting firm. That's the best single place to find any way to connect with me. If people reach out, we definitely connect with folks. I have a great staff and a great team. So they keep me on point.
0: That's great. Bob Wheeler, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate, with five different master class courses, group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I wanna get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. So you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of Each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show. Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successful Unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light, that it is so much better to not work a job, be successfully unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.